Were you surprised? Some things, yeah, sure. What? Tax free? Yeah, that surprised me a bit. I thought you might say bottom. That would have made me laugh even more. <laughs> people seem to touch your bottom. But I mean, <laughs> you grab other people's bottoms as well. Yeah, I remember. <laughs> Hi, I'm Alan Hill, the nostalgic vagabond. I lived out of a backpack for many years during my 20s and some 30s. I'm less of a nomad these days. In this podcast series, I'm catching up with old friends, wonderful people I've met on the traveller's trek. And what better time is there to catch up, reminisce, and see how everyone is getting on in 2020? I hope you enjoy hearing about our journeys as much as we've enjoyed sharing. In the very first episode of the Nostalgic Vagabond podcast, I mentioned how amazing and life-changing my experience in the USA was, way back in 2009. A lot of that had to do with visiting amazing cities, like San Diego and San Francisco. But more than that was meeting cool locals, the Oscars and Cheyennes of those cities, those warm and friendly people who are interested in you and your life, and naturally, it makes you interested in them and their life too. My nostalgia has taken me back to San Francisco in June 2009 because that is where I met, kind of by chance, Sonia Cosentino. Sonia is from Sicily, but she has been living in Milan for many years. She's a very creative individual, friendly, warm, passionate, sometimes a little bit crazy. Great company, which is why I've enjoyed our friendship that has survived over a decade. In 2009, I think one of the reasons why Sonia and I connected was because we shared a common feeling and motivation for our travelling, and the way we conducted our travelling was similar too. In this episode, we talk about some of our experiences from California, and Sonia reveals some funny anecdotes from more recent travels. Travel is all about striking the right balance between risk and reward. That goes from getting on a bus to chatting to strangers on the beach. Intrigued? Here we go. Sonia Cosentino, coming from Milan, Italy. How are you? I'm very good today, thanks. Thanks to you for inviting me here. <laughs> I'm really happy that you're on. You are one of my guests that was at the top of my list to really hope that you would accept my invitation and come on and talk with me about our experiences uh, in the USA and our lives since then. We've been through a few things, so yes. let's go back, if our memory will allow us, to 2009. Interestingly, the first person I had on this podcast, Jay, was involved in that experience in 2009. We were all in San Francisco together. What do you remember from your experiences in San Francisco? Oh, Jay. Oh, Jay. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes, young, handsome Jay. Very cool. He's, he's still young and handsome. He's just older. <laughs> <laughs> no, I remember... There are many things that we we have talked about, so you help me to keep the memory fresh, let's say, because I'm very my memory sometimes is a little bit fat. Um, I think it was the the most amazing travel I've ever had, and it was uh, my thirty uh, birthday. Let's say I was turning thirty that year, and it was uh, an epic travel. Let's say it was the first time I was traveling on my own, and um, I perfectly remember the morning that we met uh, at the hostel in uh, Adelaide. It was really a moment where I needed some um, energy for someone else, let's say, because um, it was a particular day. I had a relationship that day wasn't, wasn't, was what kind of turning point with this guy that wasn't there. Right. 
and I met you and then Sid and uh, basically in five seconds you <laughs> you I don't know gave me all the energies I needed and uh, it was so amazing to, to spend that time together and we connected very well together immediately so even though you both were very funny to me <laughs> <laughs> I remember <A> couple. <laughs> I, I remember we'd just been in Yosemite National Park. We met another guy, a German guy. We decided that we wanted to do a road trip down the Pacific Road to San Diego. And so what we were actually doing in the Adelaide Hostel at that time was trying to figure out the best and cheapest way to hire a vehicle to drive down from San Francisco to San Diego for the 4th of July celebrations. That was our goal. And while we were doing that, I was sitting down at the computer and Sid uh, was there as well. He was saying, where were you last night, Alan? I thought we were supposed to go out. Yes. Because I was staying at a different hostel to you guys. We'd just come back from the National Park. And the plan was that all of us would get together from the various hostels and just go out and, and see some places in San Francisco and have a few beers. And I don't know what happened, but I think I got the wrong address and I went to the wrong bar <laughs> and I just, I, I just, I missed it. I, I don't know what happened. I went back home to the hostel feeling sorry for myself and just went to sleep because I, I, I don't know what happened. I missed, I missed something. Anyway, so the next morning, the plan was that we would get together, figure out this car. And he was telling me about what happened last night and I was had so much fun. Where were you, Alan? We met these cool people. We met this girl from Italy and this girl from Spain and you know, we're having a great time. And I thought, oh, right. And then he said, oh, look, <laughs> I turn around and you come down the stairs. Perfect timing. Oh, that's the Italian girl. And the only <laughs> thing that was missing was a Hollywood soundtrack of you walking down the stairs and then coming out into the, the main room where we were. And you came over and you said, hello. And then Sid said, oh, this is Alan. He's the guy who didn't come last night. I was like, oh, yeah, my bad. Yeah, I remember we basically just turned off the computer. That's enough trying to figure out the car for now. What do you want to do today, Sonia? Good gentleman. <laughs> no, that was amazing. And mm. no, because we all had to figure out what was next in that trip. So I think that thinking now um, to that time, I think that the, the magic of uh, your trip there and my trip there and our trip together was the freedom of basically don't plan anything. So uh, because you, you just said that you was plan you were planning the the fourth of July in. Um, in San Diego, uh, but I think we spent in Venice Beach, not at the end. Is that right? Were we together in Venice Beach? I have pictures. At the barbecue, you can remember that. The, the barbecue one. When we went on oh, the roof. Yes, yeah. That was San Francisco. No, 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 in Venice Beach. No, no. <laughs> hmm, memories can distort with time. This is why it's important to keep stories fresh. But anyway, the... I, think, I think you're getting me confused with another guy. <laughs> no, we have the picture there. No, in his beach. No, but, but anyway, we went somewhere else in Los Angeles. Somewhere else in yeah. Los Angeles. Okay. Yeah. But anyway, what I want to say is that we didn't plan anything, and uh, and that was the magic. Uh, something that I think I learned during that trip is that you don't need to plan uh, all the things. And uh, when I was younger, I was dreaming about. I was having nightmare basically about my travels and me not planning everything in advance. Uh, and uh, from that trip, I decided that we could basically that I could basically go following the flow when when it's possible. When uh, you don't have too much issue about money, I, we both had issue about money, but we figure out somehow. Mm. And uh, and so after that, I remember our we going uh, around in uh, San Francisco with uh, the Lonely Planet and whatever. Yeah, yeah, because <laughs> it was it was early in the morning when when we met. Yeah, we didn't really know what we were going to do, but we decided let's just go out into the city 
and see what happens. So I remember, yeah, you had your book and you're <laughs> reading through the book. What to do? I don't know. Let's look at the book. And we were standing in Chinatown. And I have a picture of you standing on the street corner in Chinatown with the Lonely Planet, just thinking, hmm, what's near us now? What can we do? And then we just wandered around everywhere. We went across the San Francisco Bridge, the Golden Gate Bridge. Uh, we went down to the front. We wandered around. We took some pictures. We had some food. And then we went out for a really nice dinner that evening, didn't we? Yeah. Completely spontaneous. Amazing. Completely spontaneous. No, that was pretty much. Also the connection with Sid and Carmen and we we were all together. We have the picture there, no? On the Golden Yeah, we have a bridge. few pictures. Oh, the Gay Gay Bridge. <laughs> the Golden Gay Bridge. <laughs> the Golden Gay Bridge. Because mm. <laughs> talking about gay. <laughs> <laughs> talking about gay okay what are you gonna say <laughs> it was the pride weekend wasn't it exactly we basically yeah. in a snapshot i remember basically my memory is just the, that we met then in a snapshot like in a movie cut next scene we were all together and i was basically combining these two group of people i met because they were all of you and also oscar the guy that was a friend of a friend of mine in, in italy that i've mm -hmm. never met before And we were going through Castro for the gay pride, the gay parade. And I remember me saying, uh, but by the way, who of us, no, none of us is gay. And all of them <laughs> were gay, but, but me and you and, uh, and maybe Sid. And then Cheyenne was there, no? Yes, yes. Yes, and then where the magic happens again. And we found ourselves in, in a crazy place. Yeah, it was a, a huge party weekend. It was actually kind of overwhelming because... Where I come from in Australia, I hadn't really experienced that kind of intense festivity that the Gay Pride Parade in San Francisco, I imagine in particular, provides. It's intense. It's packed with people. There's naked people running around. There's flags. There's smoke. All kinds of smoke. There's, um, you know, there's, there's parties. There's concerts. There's music. It's ridiculous. It's mental. And um, I didn't know where to look. The people we met there was so nice mm. and they invited us to their homes for more parties and and dinners and barbecues and yeah it was really really nice and like you said there was no plan we didn't plan anything we just went with the flow and we met cool people yeah no because they, they were completely how do you say no boundaries no um, not also mental barriers barriers sorry uh, so um, It's something that probably me and you have never experienced before, me neither, because I was coming from Sicily, basically, so we have lots of strict rules and moral mm. bullshit and whatever, not bullshit, I mean, kind of bullshit. Yeah. Different culture. Different culture, and uh, for me, it was really, not inspiring is too much, okay, but it opened my mind a lot, and um, as you said, people were very cool there, and they welcomed us a lot, so... I think this was a really nice, nice experience, like in a movie, like a little bit, yeah. <laughs> that's kind of crazy movie. I, I think, you know, when you do travel, you are removing yourself from your own culture and putting yourself in a different culture, sometimes a very different culture. I think if you're open to seeing new things, people in the new culture that you're visiting, they can feel that too, and they want to share with you. And if you're open to having a new experience, then you will get a new experience and it'll be incredible and personal and friendly and they will be welcoming to you. And I think that's the wonderful thing about traveling with an open mind mm. is that you allow yourself the possibility to have new experiences and learn new things and gain a different perspective. And that was definitely something for me in California at that time because I was, I was younger and I had less experience and I hadn't traveled that many places outside of Australia. So my, my range of experience was limited. And this was a big kickstart to propel me into new cultures and, and thinking a different way and 
embracing life in a different way and being more open-minded to all kinds of things it's crazy if i think now that you are the, i think you are among the people i know that the person who has traveled a lot more than everyone else so from there you you have changed a lot no yeah i definitely think i've changed a lot from the person that you met definitely in california i mean that's over 10 years ago now isn't it we had our little 10-year reunion <laughs> last year 2019 yes so yeah i mean obviously in 10 years everybody changes but i think depending on where you place yourself and what experiences you throw yourself into, you can change at a faster rate or a slower rate or in a particular direction. You claim your memory is not brilliant. So you might not remember exactly how I used to be, but I was definitely different. But also you were different too. You know, 10 years is a long time to grow and mature. Well, I remember. No, no, I remember your evolution. I prefer, <laughs> my memory is not good. <laughs> but I'm smart. I remember your evolution. I It's really clear to me. Has it been an evolution in a, a good direction? Sure. Yay. I, I have to say, I always call you, name you like the smartest guy that I know. So <laughs> That's too kind. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's true. You're giving me a big head. No, 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 that's true. I'm not going to fit on the computer screen. This idea of this podcast uh, proof is really amazing. Then you went off for a little while and I went on my road trip that I finally organized with Sid when we were not distracted by you and Carmen <laughs> to go on our, uh, on our road trip. We kind of sort of organized, I mean, at that time, I guess I have to remember that we kind of communicated with just SMS texts. That was the best way we communicated back then, especially mm. when traveling, because calling people on the phone was really expensive. Smartphones didn't exist. So we were just using texts, weren't we, to, to send messages to each other when we were traveling. That is true. I remember one guy in San Francisco, uh, we were asking for some directions and he took his iPhone. I'd never seen an iPhone before, before the day. And he just showed on Google Maps uh, or something like that on the map, the, the direction. I was so impressed. When I saw this scene, I thought, that's crazy. That's the future. Mm. And now it, uh, it seems to be normal now that you check the, the direction on your phone and But at that time in the trip, uh, really, I could rely on my uh, Lonely Planet, some, some maps, but we didn't have any technology. Yeah, and any real life uh, um, support. I mean, something that could uh, help us uh, to define the route and whatever. And if you get lost, you, you get lost, basically. <laughs> that, that was amazing. It's really funny that you said that because your first experience of this tech was in San Francisco. And that's kind of the home of tech now isn't it uh, yeah sure it's exactly. that's that's Silicon really Valley. really coincidental isn't it that yeah you were blown away by this wow this smartphone and then <laughs> it's, i mean have you been back to san francisco since we were there no unfortunately i don't think we would recognize it it'll be completely different now mm. in a good way i don't know i mean i you could say yes or no unless you go and check it out for yourself how can you know for sure So I don't know. Yeah, we should go together. Yeah, well, let's do it. After all this COVID's over. And we go to visit Cheyenne. And Oscar as well. Or is Oscar, is Oscar still there? I have to check. We have to check, yes. But we should go together. I'm always open to go back. I'd like to check out California again. So yeah, if uh, we can do it. No, no sure. We're going to do that. <laughs> we can do a, uh, a tribute tour back to California. We'll have to get a special Jeep like I had as well with Sid and Marion. I remember you. <laughs> And no, you were saying that you finally planned this uh, trip with uh, C. Once the distraction of the Continental Ladies was gone <laughs> and you moved on and Sid and I finally got back on the computer again and booked this Jeep, we drove down from San Francisco to San Diego and our plan was to get there for the 4th of July. But we took about six days or, or seven days to do it. So it was very leisurely, very casual. And we stopped off at a few different towns on the coast road. 
we were going to stop in Los Angeles the night before we were then due to go to San Diego for the 4th of July. I'd already been to LA and I wasn't really that bothered about going there again or not, but Sid had not been there. So we thought, okay, we'll go there for one night. And as it turned out, I actually had hostel credit. Wow. So we got a free night stay in, in the hostel. What I was saying before is that we were sort of communicating with each other the week leading up to that, but it was all on text messages. Compared to 2020, I mean, it's the worst way to communicate, especially <laughs> when you get one text a day or something like that. And these days you send WhatsApps about 100 times a day. So it's a completely different world. We kind of planned that we would meet up again in LA. I remember the deal was that I'd been to LA before already. Sid had not been at all. So he wanted to go and check out the sites on a bus tour. And I'd already done that. And I did not want to do that again. It just turned out that you were in LA at the same time. So I thought, oh, I'll just go hang out with Sonia and go for a hike or something. <laughs> and you sent a text message saying, oh, yeah, sounds cool. This is where I'm at. And you sent me an address. Beverly Hills. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You... What happened was I said to Sid in the morning, I'm going to take the Jeep and I'm going to go pick up Sonia at this address that she gave me. And he said, that's cool. I'm going to go on my bus ride and I'll see you tonight. So I took the Jeep, went and got some fuel. And then I drove out to your address that you gave me. <laughs> and when I arrived at the address that you gave me, I came to this massive apartment complex and I thought, oh no, I've got the street address and not the apartment number. And there was about 30 or 40 apartments in this massive complex. And then I thought, oh, <laughs> what am I going to do? My thoughts were this, she must be in here somewhere. What am I going to do? Am I going to knock on every door and ask, <laughs> hi, is an Italian lady living here? <laughs> <laughs> Because, I mean, there's 30 or 40 different flats. It's going to take time. I don't want to piss off people. And it's kind of creepy. It's a bit weird. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so I thought, oh, no, I don't know what to do. And then I tried to text you and I, I couldn't get through. And these are the things that used to happen back in 2009. That sometimes mm. the tech didn't work. And I thought, okay, okay, okay. I'm going to pick a few random numbers <laughs> and see what happens. I'm just feeling the energy. I thought, okay, I'm going to go knock on door number seven because I like number seven. So I knocked on door number seven and there was no answer. I thought, oh, this isn't a good start. And then I went up the next floor and I think I knocked on door number 11 or another number, I can't really remember. And I knocked on the door and this guy answered and I said, hi, and I introduced myself and I was trying to be super cool, super Aussie, non-threatening and non-creepy. I thought, oh, this is weird. And then I said, is, um, is an Italian lady somewhere, somewhere like... And he just said, oh, yeah, I saw, an, I saw a girl with an Italian lady across the hall. So I turned around and there was this other apartment. And I thought, oh, right, maybe this is it. So I went over there and knocked on the door. And there you were. You said, how did you find me? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. It just took me three tries, but I found you. Two tries, actually. The third one was already good. Yeah, good. The, third, the third time. The third door I opened was your door. Yeah. So then, yeah, we went driving around. Los Angeles, we went on a nice hike in the Runyon Canyon, didn't we? <laughs> yes. <laughs> you always like to remember that how, hiking. How was that hike for you, Sonia? Amazing. I was ready for that. I was dressed properly. <laughs> I, was, <laughs> I was trained. No, not really, actually, because as usual, I was missing some information. So I wasn't prepared to that kind of hiking. Mm. I expected it to be kind of walk 
and uh, I, I got lost in translation somewhere because maybe you have, you might have said something about the fact that it was a, a proper writing. <laughs> but I think you, you're better to tell the story <laughs> than me, so you you should go. <laughs> we we planned to go on a hike, and I said Runyon Canyon, and yeah, maybe the the translation was lost there. So you were, let's say, not dressed for the occasion. <laughs> what were you wearing, Sonia? <laughs> I remember a short dress, like orange and white, that I loved a lot. And I can't sandals. Sandals, I guess. Basically, almost barefoot. Mm. Yeah, I see. I, at that moment, I thought that I could have done with that equipment, let's yes. say. But then suddenly, something went wrong. So I, I, I remember <laughs> when we got to the canyon and I parked the car up and you looked up, sort of, and <laughs> you said, you're taking me here? And I said, yeah, this is Runyon Canyon. That's what I said. And then when we got out and then we got to some stairs and the stairs were really steep and I was being the gentleman and I said, ladies first. And you then, you, no, <laughs> you go first. <laughs> I'm, I'm clever. <laughs> you actually got changed into some trousers and a t-shirt Bush. <laughs> in the bushes, right? Yes, I remember. <laughs> but it's not, so, it's not so uncommon for me. I mean, it happened before. It happened in London. I remember there was... Changing my clothes in, in um, under a tree, let's say, <laughs> in uh, Hyde Park. Oh, yeah. And I actually met people there. That's the crazy thing. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, for me, it's, it's nothing weird. I'm a little bit unconventional sometimes. So we yeah. know that. I, I'm surprised because I don't remember that I... Basically, what, um, what kind of dress clothes I, I put in my backpack? You had some jeans. Okay. Somehow I planned to, to get changed. Well, the thing so, was, we were going to be out all day. And you wanted to visit some friends in the evening. So you had your day outfit and your okay. night outfit or nighttime outfit, okay. as all good Italians do, right? Sure, exactly. You had your Fashion fashionable Italian. outfit for the daytime and then your fashionable outfit for the evening. <laughs> oh, my God. I laugh so much when I, when I listen to people basically describe how crazy I look sometimes. I, I laugh a lot because it, it, it's true. I I wouldn't think of uh, myself so such a crazy person sometimes, but I am very am. And as you are anyway, <laughs> because we are all a little bit crazy. And so finally we got the, the top of the canyon. Yeah, yeah, we got the view. Hollywood and Los Angeles metropolitan sprawl out in front of us. Yeah, so we made it. We did it. Yeah, and lots of VIPs, I remember. There, mm. there were many people... We didn't recognize anyone, but they looked like they were famous people somehow. Part of the reason why I wanted to do that walk with you on the tour, Sid was on while we were walking. I had done a few weeks earlier. The tour guide said that because where Runyon Canyon is near the Hollywood Hills, which is where a lot of the Hollywood celebrities have their huge houses, the celebrities often like to just walk in the canyon for fitness or for meditation or just going for a walk with the dog. So I thought maybe the possibility is we could bump into some celebrities. Some directors. <laughs> Who knows? Yeah. And we didn't really. I mean, if we did, we didn't recognize them. They may have been involved in the Hollywood industry, but I don't remember. Sure. I think I might have seen some celebrity, but I didn't care too much about them. So it wasn't a big deal. And I remember also that the, lots of people uh, training, like you said, doing some yoga, Pilates, whatever. That also in Milan at the time, in Italy at least at the time, that wasn't so common to see people in parks doing uh, this kind of activity. And so 
No, I remember it was an amazing, uh, an amazing, not walk, let's say, an amazing hiking, <laughs> a little bit hard to me, but I mean. Something that you weren't used to. <laughs> what did we eat? I can't remember at all. So we had some uh, food in our, you had water or something, you planned better. Yes, I, I had water enough for both of us because exactly. I had the feeling that you wouldn't bring enough, which was true. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. Yeah, this, this is my experience. Also, I remember, I, I remember you laughing at me for putting sun cream on my ears. Ah, yes, I remember that. <laughs> you said, what are you doing putting sun cream on your ears? And I told you, I don't want to get skin cancer. Yeah, you're very white. And you were just laughing at me saying, that's just stupid. <laughs> Have you ever burned your ears? It happened before, does it? The thing is, right, when you're coming from Australia, this is a very real risk. So you, you just do it all the time. But when you come from more Northern Hemisphere, more European areas, the culture is different anyway. But I think the risk is slightly less as well. Yeah. And also your skin is more Mediterranean. So you're probably a little bit more able to cope with the sunlight. And I have, you know, Celtic DNA. Actually, not true because now I have vitiligo. So it's something that happened okay. probably because I didn't put sunscreen. So I've been, uh, let's say, punished <laughs> for this, even though I like my vitiligo. Mm. But uh, yeah, you were more responsible than me, let's say, more, <laughs> more clever as usual. <laughs> 10 years ago, I was more responsible, maybe even more than I am now. <laughs> exactly. Probably, I've, yeah. So what we did was we worked up an appetite and then we drove back down into the, the flats, let's call it, of Los Angeles and we went for an In-N-Out burger. I remember having a really interesting conversation with you about travel and about why here and why at this time. For you, it's probably similar to me. In 2009, I took a big step to remove myself from my life at that time where I was in Australia. And I've been talking with people on this podcast so far, and I've been finding that there's been lots of commonality between the travelers and me for the reasons why they travel. Some of the examples are traveling can help you heal. When you're stuck in a rut, traveling can help you get out of that and then find new direction. Traveling can re-inspire you and reinvigorate you. And, you know, everyone has a different reason, but it seemed like the whole idea of escapism getting outside of your current life and going somewhere new, escaping, can be a benefit. Sure. What was it like for you in 2009? And did coming to the USA, escaping from your life at that time in Italy, have an effect and a desired effect that you'd hoped it would? Yeah, definitely. I agree with all the definition that the, the purposes of travel, the other travelers uh, said. Yeah, sometimes you you have to place yourself uh, out of the context where you are, where you live, just to see things from a different perspective. I know it sounds banal and uh, obvious, but it's really um, what it was for me because I was really too involved in too many complex things at the time. So my family, my boyfriend, my, my job, everything, uh, nothing was working actually, I have to say. Yeah. But it wasn't me that that wasn't working. I mean, it was the, all the things around me that had I have to say they had some problems and I was too, um, too involved in all this situation. I was, uh, they, they were taking, taking all my energy, all the energies out of me. So, so I needed to be somewhere else. And I, um, basically I wanted to go to LA. I have this kind of a vision sometimes where I want to be. I, I see, basically I see the, the picture of myself already some, some places. So it's just, uh, then the, the, the thing that I have to do is just to find a way to get there. 
And I had this clear vision of uh, me sitting in uh, one of those uh, coffee tables in, uh, in LA with the large, ta large tables and the coffee and whatever, blah, blah. And I needed there. And it was a Saturday when I decided the boyfriend of the time couldn't come or didn't want to come, doesn't matter. It was a Saturday and I decided, okay, I'm going to go anyway. I've never traveled on my own, but I am going to do that. In three days, I was already there in, uh, in LA, thanks to a connection of uh, Emma. This is a friend of a friend of mine. Mm -hmm. She was amazing. She said, yes, I don't know you, but you, you can come. <laughs> and you were mentioning uh, healing, not like mm -hmm. uh, one of the purposes of traveling. And the funny thing is that she, um, she went to LA probably for the same reason. And then she, then she was based there. And she was part of, um, how can I say, a kind of meditation group, something like that. That was calling Raising Star. Raising Star, yes. And was a kind of healing um, and uh, he helped me a lot because uh, I, I wasn't, I've always been religious, let's say Christian, whatever, Catholic. And um, I wasn't a little bit skeptical about this kind of things. But she made this kind of signs, she pictured, I don't know how to say, she drew this kind of sign on my back, mm. this kind of re ritual um, thing that you have to do to open your chakra and find your energy back, whatever. Mm. And it happened. <laughs> it sounds crazy. Okay. But it happened. Maybe I just changed, changed my mind, helped me to see things differently. But it helped me a lot. And after the, the travel, the, I think I stayed there uh, five weeks. But I think I, I can say that it changed my life completely. Also because of the people I met. Also because um, everything worked basically perfectly. Sometimes it's luck. Sometimes it's, uh, it's a matter of, being, uh, of having an open mind, as yeah. you said. But yeah, it's a kind of an escape, traveling. But it's also, it's not that when you travel, you are not thinking about your... Uh, your sheet and whatever you have uh, mm. in, uh, in your own place so it's a, it's a healing more than an escape you just place yourself somewhere else in a different place put yourself in a different place but you keep elaborating and working on yourself so it, it's a good technique probably you, you is not something that you should do all the time you should get to a point after years maybe where you are able to work out your things uh, also where you are <laughs> without uh, Probably. Something so drastic, maybe. Yeah, something so drastic. But uh, for me, that travel was uh, the, the start of something else and it changed myself a lot. Some other people on the podcast have been saying that when you, you go traveling, it can be like a reset. So you do take time out from your current life. Let's say you can escape your current life for some days or some weeks. Mm -hmm. You go somewhere new. Sure. You gain perspective. You remove yourself. You reset so that when you go back to your life again, it's different. And I think, at least for me, that has happened. And I think sometimes if you let your life overpower you, you might have to go and do another reset a few years later. Sure. Maybe every five years or every 10 years, you need to remove yourself, get some perspective, think about your life in a different way, reset somewhere in the world, who knows, hiking up a canyon maybe, <laughs> and then things get better because you were proactive and you did something when on an adventure. You prove yourself that you are smarter than you think, that you can um, figure out what to do with your <laughs> daily life and um, without any plans. And it's always good, I think, for your self-esteem. Yeah, It's good because when you see basically that you work very well in a different context, in a different scenario, you have your answer that probably something that you were doing in the current situation where you, in the place where you live and with the people you have around, something needs to change, to be, to be changed because 
it's not you basically it's it's um when you when you're making a recipe and you take out uh, an ingredient if the recipe works better without their ingredient or the recipe doesn't work with the, the ingredient you understand the the value of each mm. component so it's cathartic i don't know how to say it. yeah cathartic cathartic yeah definitely so yeah you're saying if you have an ingredient in a recipe and you remove it and you can see the difference then you can isolate perhaps what the problem exactly. was and mm-hmm. then you can make changes So that time in the USA seems like for you and me, it was in a sense, a life-changing experience. Is there anything from that trip you kind of miss? Everything. Everything. <laughs> so there's something, everything. I miss. it was, yeah, no, I miss everything. I mean, I tried, I, I went back to, uh, to USA a couple of times uh, with different people mm. and that uh, lots of nice experience and whatever, but is, uh, it wasn't the same. I think because I was on my own and for many reasons, the people I met, all of you, but I think that I miss all that the feeling. Uh, but I think most of those uh, feelings and sensations come from the, the fact of traveling on your own mm. because, um, I don't know, it, it gives me a special, uh, a special energy. Of course, it takes, especially when you're a girl or woman now and you travel on your own, you have to take uh, in consideration also the risks mm. because I met some bushes and some, some stupid things there and and uh, I sometimes I put myself in a in risky situation but far from that if you're a little bit clever and you learn how to uh, skip this kind of uh, uh, necessary risks let's say uh, traveling on your own is a uh, to me at least is uh, the richest experience ever so no, I, I really, I missed many things of that trip. Probably the freedom is the, the thing that I miss the most. This California trip in 2009, you mentioned, was your first solo adventure. Mm-hmm. And you were 20-something <laughs> at that time. And you mentioned you've been back to the States since then with travel buddies. Mm-hmm. Have you been on other solo trips? Or was that one when we met in the USA, the only solo trip you've been on? No, I've been to Portugal a couple of years ago. I discovered that I love surf and doing some surf, (laughs) taking some surf lessons. And um, that was another amazing trip, but not um, compare. I I couldn't compare because it just took, I don't know, 10 days maybe. And the the California trip was longer, so it was different. And I was in a different place of my life and... uh, yeah, but I think it happened. I, I go to places sometimes with people that I don't know perfectly well. Mm. So it's a kind of... <laughs> that's the risk. <laughs> that's the risk. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm a responsible person now. But let's, uh, let's say that a little a bit of craziness, I don't know how to say. It's, I think it's necessary in life sometimes. And uh, I can't remember. I have the feeling that I'm, I've done many other solo trips, but I don't remember. I remember Portugal and some others, but I, I don't have on the tips of my fingers. But it doesn't compare to the USA trip? No, no. No, not at all. That was a kind of unique... Uh, that's why it deserves a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> that was really unique. So do you prefer solo travel? to traveling with friends or partners? I generally would say that I prefer solo trip, but it depends on the person you... I mean, if I, if I can go travel with you, for example, people who, who is a traveler as well, so uh, who has the same attitude and spirit, and uh, I think that, that it's almost like being uh, on your own for the mm-hmm. advantages, I mean. And uh, it depends on the kind of... Uh, if you're making a travel or just an holiday and... Mm. 
it's difficult to compare, but when I went to Portugal a couple of years ago, there were some friends and people who wanted to come with me and I said that I preferred to go on my own. So I guess that I made my choice <laughs> at the time. So I love going around with my daughter mm -hmm. and I think she is the perfect uh, travel body. <laughs> because you're the boss. <laughs> because No, no, no. Because she, she adapts herself to all the situation and, uh, and she's funny and the curiosity that she has when, when she sees things around is, uh, it's magic. But I still think that I like to go on my own. A solo trip is uh, always the best. For me, I just like to maintain a good balance. But I also agree with what you said when you went to Portugal recently for your surfing lessons you seemed like you wanted to go solo and other people they wanted to come with you but you said i really just want to go solo because i need to go solo on this time mm. and i think that shows a wisdom or and a maturity or within yourself that you kind of know what you need and you're not going to compromise that just by being nice and allowing people to come on your trip if you need to go solo you need to go solo if you want to go with friends or family great that's what that's supposed to be. And so that's a different experience. But I think if you know what you want and you do that, you're going to maximize your experience and you won't have any silly arguments or fallings out or ruin the experience by not doing what you wanted to do. No, it's, it's like exactly as you said, when there's someone with you, you, it's like you have this eye connection, you have this person, you look at this person and whoever uh, this person is or a group or family or whatever, but you don't really look around as you can do uh, when you are on your own, no? And also, you first of all, mainly you don't look inside yourself as much as you could do. So if you want to travel into yourself, you have to travel solo, in my opinion. Just to go to see a place, okay, it's amazing to go with someone. If you need to see inside yourself and getting some answers or whatever, uh, to me, solo travel works better so you can fully figure yourself out without anybody either distracting you or judging you otherwise you you basically uh bring some dynamics and some things uh with you and so you the, the isolation thing doesn't really work as we said before as we were trying to explain and also you in my personal ex experience i'm a very social person i like to make connection it's very uh, easy sometimes when you travel solo but but when you travel with someone else uh, is different and if you travel with other girls the the the, the purpose of the trip is going to be different <laughs> and I, I don't know it's not the, the the kind of thing it can be very there was another amazing trip that I've done uh, with some friends of mine uh, and it was amazing and it was a life-changing uh, in a different way let's say lots of experience was fun but it's different I mean the, the, we didn't make any connection uh long life con life. not not long life how do you say lifelong lifelong sorry <laughs> <The other> way <laughs> <around. laughs> connections uh, all my friends uh, from uh, my travel solo are amazing to me so so i think if you are mature enough to know before what you need on that trip make choices according to that then you're going to benefit maximize the possibilities rather than potentially make mistakes and have an experience that is not what you wanted or expected exactly it's better than a therapy and uh, sometimes it's cheaper <laughs> sometimes is uh, <laughs> but i don't think travel is more expensive than a therapy and uh, <laughs> so i would suggest it to our young listener <laughs> to invest in a travel yeah. <laughs> then uh, <laughs> otherwise keep going with it in a therapy in a way I wish I traveled earlier when I first went on big travels, but I think everybody just travels when they're ready to do it, especially solo travel, because it's kind of scary 
Traveling on your own somewhere you've never been before, away and in sometimes a long way away in terms of distance, but also culture and lifestyle. If you're on your own, you know, you need to be brave and be open to the fact that you might feel some emotions and go through some experiences that are completely new and you can't be scared of that. You just need to embrace it. You will grow from that and be better from that. And I think you and I both have experienced that and been able to reflect and see how we've changed and moved forward in our personal development. That's really true. Next trip. (laughs) (laughs) Have you ever encountered any language problems, Sonia? Because obviously you're native Italian and you speak English well. Mm. But have you ever been to countries or to places where you've really struggled with language? <laughs> made me laugh because I, I'm last uh, December I went to Sri Lanka as you know mm-hmm. with a friend of mine but she's a, a solo traveler as well so we did very well together it was amazing uh, an amazing trip as well and uh, now the funny thing is that in uh, Sri Lanka people have a different way to say no basically they say so to say yes they they move their their heads in uh, like they were saying no right so we had some kind of problem at the beginning to understand if they were saying no or yes. So, for example, we were uh, we wanted to find an an hotel and also whatever some place to where to sleep. And so we were asking, so do you have any availability for tonight? And they were doing no, but they were mean yes. And so we were leaving, and probably at the end we understood that we had a chance and we left the place without <laughs> without basically an explanation. I think this is the the main. Uh, I can remember many others, I mean, apart from the canyon. (laughs) I think that's really funny, Sonia, because being an Italian, one would think that you're extremely good at reading body language. (laughs) And yet that was your downfall in Sri Lanka when you were were confused by the body language. (laughs) And were you traveling with another Italian as well in Sri Lanka? Yeah, I'm going to introduce you uh, to her. She's amazing, Serena. And she's uh, the perfect body for personal travel. She's um, really experienced as well. And uh, I think at the beginning we were very, because we basically, uh, we went there on December and uh, I didn't, that, in that time, I didn't have any time to plan this trip. So she made everything and she organized everything and said, okay, I trust you completely. So do what you want. And uh, I never, and didn't read any, any of the list of the things that she prepared and so just when I was on the plane I started reading something so I didn't know where I was going but it's part of the the way I approach these kind of uh, things like they are an adventure when we got there the first place was amazing was and uh, but we moved to a second hotel I didn't have a a good feeling about this hotel and it was the the worst ever I mean I don't care about sleeping in the jungle with if I'm prepared to death and if it's the right moment but the hygienic condition and everything was disgusting and people there was not the best and uh, uh, not very helpful so we decided to to leave this uh, hostel, uh, hotel kind of hostel but it was an hotel right, right. also because uh, she was uh, she was uh, very scared about spiders and we found big big spiders i'm not scared about spider at all but she was so she had a kind of panic attack so we needed to leave the, that place it was dirty and whatever and, uh, but we didn't have any, any other place where to go. And basically, the, uh, there was the 25th of uh, December, so <laughs> Christmas, <laughs> Christmas Day. So we were a little bit lost and, and confused. We didn't know what to do. But at the end, somehow, we, we were lucky. We found a, a place where no one, basically, they had all the, the rooms that we wanted. So it was, there was enough uh, space and room. But it was very expensive. So 
we uh, I couldn't have um, taken a, a room for myself. I mean, we needed to share because otherwise it was too expensive. But because she's a solo traveler, she wasn't very keen about sharing the room. And I said, Serena, this is the, oh, we can share the room or we can sleep on the beach, basically, if we <laughs> have any other option. So at the end, she, we decided to, to share the rooms and that, it was a fantastic, no, no one problem. We were, sometimes girls, you, you can think, okay, you don't know each other very well, something can happen. No, amazing. Everything was perfect. And so there was a, also an happy ending, let's say. Uh, but we had to compromise a little bit on our freedom and uh, on our comfort zone. It worked very well. But this is what happens on trips, doesn't it? Especially when you're going for many days into a place you've never been before, into a place where the culture is quite different from the culture that you know. Things happen. Exactly. <laughs> and you just improvise. And, you know, for you, you had nowhere to stay on Christmas Day. Mm which is kind of a stress, but you figured it out. Yes, yes. You made a compromise, you figured it out. And that gives you confidence to know that if it happens again, you will figure it out. Yeah, exactly. You become more of your best self by going through these ordeals and making mistakes. Absolutely. Speaking of mistakes, can you articulate on any travel mistakes that you have made in the past that <laughs> you will be wise to not make in the future? Um, definitely, the, the first one that I that comes comes up to my mind is when we were when I was in um, in Los Angeles, and uh, this friend of mine, uh, Emma, who basically had me like uh, hosted me. How do you say? Yeah, she hosted me. Mm-hmm. Uh, she had a kind of um, a date with a, with a guy, so I decided to just leave the house and uh, leave her alone. And uh, and I decided to go to visit to join basically Sid. That anyway was a perfect stranger, even though it was a, we shared some moment in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Uh, I decided to went to to Las Vegas, and the, the the mistake I made, of course, it wasn't just joining to Sid. It was uh, the the nice part, but that I went to downtown LA at midnight and the downtown LA have you been there no but I was aware that at that time it wasn't the best place to be no no it's really one of the worst places ever in my opinion and I've traveled around a little bit and I come from Sicily I know some area that are not very good and safe but that was the even children were scary in that station mm-hmm. because I was at the Greyhound station at midnight mm. And I and I was very very scared. I didn't uh, didn't know who to call. I didn't want to call anyone. Basically, all people there was scared, were really scary, and uh, their their faces were I don't know. They they didn't. I don't want to say anything. But I I was very scared, I, and I feel myself not in a safe uh, situation. And the situation got worse when I went inside the, the, the couch. Well, basically, all the people that I saw in that station were, some of them, of course, were getting into the same uh, bus. And they turned down the light. So the, we were in the darkness. With, but but you, you know that you were surrounded by all these scary people with lots of scares. Scares? Scare faces? Scars. Scars, sorry, on their faces and whatever. And mm-hmm. even women, everyone was, yeah. uh, wasn't very reassuring. And uh, and I thought, okay, maybe I should um, sit close to the next to the driver, but the driver mm-hmm. was the worst, <laughs> so, <laughs> so I didn't have any, any escape. So I decided to to sit down, just to cover myself with lots of um, scarves and whatever, and all the clothes that I had, so no one could see if I was a man or a woman or whatever. <laughs> and uh, and it was a long trip, and also because I, I realized later that many people that go to LA at midnight, especially with Greyhound, are kind of desperate people. And, uh, and so uh, I wasn't surrounded by the very happy people. 
I was sleeping and I had the feeling, I had the feeling that someone was touching my, my bounce, let's say, mm. but not in a, it was very light touch. So I wasn't sure. I said, no, maybe I'm just sleeping. And I woke up, I look around, I couldn't see anything. I said, okay, I better sleeping again. Mm. So I slept again. And then I woke up again with the same feeling and I started feeling very uncomfortable and, and scared. And then the third time that I woke up, basically I turned on my left and there was the window and I saw this uh, white hand disappearing. And so actually I turned around and there was this guy, uh, the, the, the classic, the, the perfect classic guy, the maniac from the movie, the US movie, a little bit fat with the glasses, a little bit nerd. And, he was, and I said, what are you doing? Because I realized that for all these hours, uh, he, he, he has been touching my, my bounce. But mm-hmm. the thing is that he didn't do it in a, in a proper way, let's say, I mean, just grabbing some, something that they could have given any, any pleasure, in my opinion, to me. but just with a finger. So mm-hmm. just in a little disgusting I mean something that didn't make any sense very strange strange weird creepy and so I turned around and I saw him and I started shouting to him what are you doing what are you doing and the only thing he would say look at me and he said I am sorry and when he started <laughs> when he said that with that voice I said okay and I started zipping again hoping that nothing would have happened but I was completely scared and I when I met Sid I was crying and uh, I was you upset completely so when you saw a familiar face all of that stress then just came out in tears not really because at that time i said what am i what am i what, what am i doing because i i knew Steve, but i was so scared that my perception was really even though his face was familiar i, I realized that he wasn't that familiar so because uh you only met him a couple of times really yeah, yeah a couple of times at that moment so i i was scared about everything so i started wow. crying and i said okay no i cannot sleep here blah blah, blah. but he was so uh, such a gentleman and mm. he let me sleep on the on the bed and uh, I, don't, I think he slept on the i can't remember the sofa yeah yeah but then uh, the day after everything was was fine and perfect that moment i was very scared wow. <laughs> Had you been on a Greyhound before? Yeah, in Mexico, in other places. Yeah, but, but not at midnight. Not, and not, not in Los a, Angeles exactly. downtown. And going to LA. I took a bus from downtown LA to Las Vegas as well, mm. which would have been literally weeks before you would have done that same journey. However, my trip was mid-morning. It might That's have different. been... 9.30 or 10.30 a.m. And I was with a, a friend, a Canadian that I'd met at the hostel and we were going together. So there was mm-hmm. two of us, obviously, as you know, makes a difference because you feel a little bit of protection in numbers. But I do remember seeing lots of people that seemed they had lots of problems. Mm-hmm. But because it was day and because I was with somebody, my cultural background is different to yours. Obviously, the impact that that had was not as extreme as it was for you. But I totally understand your perspective because I remember the next year in 2010, I was in New York City and I took a midnight bus from New York City to Richmond, Virginia. And I told my friend who's an American that that's what I was doing. And he basically told me, you're an idiot. You're going to get stabbed. (gasps) Really? (laughs) Yeah. But because I'd already had this California trip the year before, and it wasn't my first trip and I'd grown so much as a traveler and in my confidence and the fact that I, I'm not intimidated by some things like I used to be and that I can rely on myself. And I have these feelings of when I feel something is dodgy or I feel something is fine, I can adapt. But yeah, he told me that and I thought, no, it's going to be fine. <laughs> it was, at least my experience was, nothing, no one touched my bum. So <laughs> <laughs> at least that was For hours good. and hours. Um, but when I arrived at Greyhound in Virginia, it was about five or six a.m., so very early. And I do remember getting out of the bus there, 
and feeling similar feelings to what you must have had. And I was alone this time. I saw lots of people who looked like they had lots of problems. And I just felt this, it's hard to describe the feeling. It wasn't really fear or it was sort of depression in a way. Mm. It was very heavy. And I remember I had my backpack. And when you have a backpack, you're drawing attention to yourself sometimes when you're in places where people don't really travel. And I, I remember I walked from the bus stop a couple of miles, I think, because the bus stop wasn't really in the town. It was off to the side. And I was going to get picked up in town by a friend, but it was way too early. So I said, I don't want to call this guy yet. I'll go get some breakfast. And I went into McDonald's and these guys followed me into McDonald's. Oh my God. And I was the only one in there. And then three guys came in and said, now we were four. And I thought, oh man, what's going on? They came and sat down with me. They weren't quite coherent. And so I wasn't sure if they were going to be cool or they were going to be scary. Anyway, I just tried to keep cool. I was chatting with them and they always always hear your accent. What's your accent? Where are you from? <laughs> so you sort of just humor them. And they were fine. They were just really curious and a bit intoxicated and wanted to know what I was doing in their town because why would you come to this town? They kept asking me and I say I'm visiting a friend. And so the interesting thing is you can have an idea in your mind before anything happens but that doesn't necessarily mean it's what the reality is sure. i think sometimes it's good to not judge people as well you know i could have judged these guys as crazy and in the end they weren't they were cool they were just different and they were curious and that was the, the best thing is never travel at night when you don't go at least you're going mm-hmm. i don't know from san francisco to beverly Hills. i don't know it's better that you can see where you're where you're surrounded by i mean that you have a, a better understanding of the situation and i think this was my my mistake and i haven't been advised by my friend too because probably she but or maybe she tried to advise i can't remember actually and i was a uh, stubborn i don't remember mm, yes yeah, probably the second one <laughs> the second one <laughs> oh, no i can do that So, you know, talking about the, um, the way people can, uh, can look and you, don't sh- you shouldn't judge, I remember an episode in, um, in LA when I was sitting on the beach, uh, the very first days I, I got there and uh, there was this guy, this very old guy coming out the, 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 the water, the sea, and uh, he looked very, very poor, basically very fragile, very old And he was uh, sitting next to me and uh, I wasn't sure about if I had to chat or not, but of course I decided to chat and he he seemed to be a very nice person. And, uh, but to me, he looked very, I don't know what to say. I wasn't sure about him, no, but I said, okay, maybe he needs some company, must be alone. So we just uh, have a chat together. I think I was eating some sushi on the beach and I shared with him, (laughs) something like that. I was very open-minded and maybe a little bit naive. And then he said, but do you, by the way, do you want to eat something proper? Do you want to come to me to the place? And I go change it. Uh, I change my clothes and we drink something. And I said, okay. I wasn't that sure, but I said, okay. Yeah. And basically it happened that uh, he brought me to, he took me to this uh, club on, uh, on the beach in uh, Santa Monica. And uh, this amazing club, he went somewhere, he disappeared. And when he came back, he was the richest guy ever with these very elegant clothes and with his uh, white hair, perfectly dressed, uh, perfectly, perfectly? Quaffed. Whatever. 
And, <laughs> and it, was, it was completely another person. So I said, okay, this is why you shouldn't judge people. And I was, uh, and I was good at not judging it. Yeah. And he was so clever. Yeah. And he was so worried to me because he said, you shouldn't talk to stranger. Like, yeah, share your sushi, whatever. <laughs> he gave me his business. Because not everyone's as nice as exactly. me. Exactly. Yeah. Not everyone got, got this from, from transformation. And so he gave me his business card. And he said, please call me or my wife if you're in trouble during this, uh, this mm. trouble, wow. whatever. That's nice. Yeah, I think his name was Cliff because uh, now I remember. It sounds it. about right. Cliff with a great coiffure. That Anyway, it was amazing, really. The, the, the first impression was really completely wrong. I mean, it didn't stop me from uh, creating a connection, making a connection with him. But I think what you've learned there is that you can be good or bad at assessing risk, you know. So obviously, when you were traveling at night on the bus in cities that you weren't familiar in places that were a little bit dodge, there's risk there. And you went anyway, and you were fine, but the experience wasn't great. So you, you made a choice based on the risks that you were weighing up, and the experience was shit. In the case on the beach with Cliff, a strange man sharing a meal, there is a risk, and you made a choice by assessing the risk. And in this instance, it was a very positive experience. Mm. You know, risk is always there, and you have the choice to say yes or no, and do something, and then the outcome will be what it is you deal with that accordingly. You can never know if it's, if it's going to be good or bad, but you can always assess the risks. I think that's a, a useful thing for travelers to be good at. Mm. Taking information in, assessing the risks and whether you want to go or not. Exactly. Go by your gut is what I always say. <laughs> exactly, I follow my gut. His eyes were good anyway. Fast five. Five quick fire questions require five quick fire answers. My guests must answer five random questions about traveling without thinking too much. Sonia, the fast five. Are you ready? Ready. Question one. Northern or southern? Southern. <laughs> Question two. Public or private? Private. Question three. Left or right? Left. Question four. Top or bottom? Top. <laughs> Not bottom. <laughs> <laughs> Question number five. Tech or tech free? Tech-free. Ah, there you go. You finished the fast five. I, was I fast enough? <laughs> fast five. 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 Were you surprised? Some things, yeah, sure. What? Tech-free? Yeah, that surprised me a bit. I thought you might say bottom. That would have made me laugh even more. <laughs> People seem to touch your bottom. But, I mean, <laughs> you grab other people's bottoms as well. Yeah, I remember. <laughs> That time when we were in Castro for the Gay Pride weekend, I think you and me, Carmen and Sid, a Kiwi, a Scot, maybe another Scot. There was a bunch of us from the hostels. We went out. I'll be honest and say, I think we had one gay guy in my town and he wasn't even fully, let's say, out of the closet. So my experience was basically zero. I didn't have any idea. <laughs> I remember the Kiwi guy and the Scottish guy and Sid making all these jokes and teasing everyone. I think the, the guy from Scotland said he was going to keep his back to the wall <laughs> the, whole time, the, the whole time he's going to be in the clubs. Anyway, we got into the line. We're in the middle of Castro and it's a huge party and it's crazy. And I'm kind of overwhelmed being this small town Aussie guy who's never really been in this situation. I was with friends, so I knew I'd be fine. And I wanted to be fine because I didn't want to be like a child want to be like i'm fine with this this is cool and then we see these two guys come behind us who are wearing pink tutus yes and i was like eh, all right and they're they're really flirty with me because they find out i'm australian it doesn't even happen with women 
now these guys are coming over. So I was like, oh, this could be a really interesting experience. In the clubs we went into, I got my ass grabbed three <laughs> times by blokes. Um, thanks, but no thanks. <laughs> I don't know what else to say. <laughs> but they were fine. They were cool. They were like, okay, cool, cool. And then they went and grabbed someone else's ass. And that was the way it was going on. When we left at 2 or 3 a.m. or whatever, and we're going back, I'm standing at the traffic lights and telling all you guys that, man, I got my ass grabbed three times by these dudes. And then go, <laughs> someone grabbed my ass really hard, and I turned around, and it was you, <laughs> you cheeky thing, teasing me. And I said, well, at least one girl grabbed my ass tonight. So you, you've been grabbed four times. I remember that. <laughs> but only once by a woman. <laughs> Doesn't matter. They, they just show their appreciation, so it's fine. <laughs> it's good anyway. Yeah, funny story. Are there any places on your bucket list? Sure. Where are they and why these places? I'm struggling to, to decide what, is, what could be the next travel, but the jungle, I think Africa, Afri an African jungle probably is going to be uh, Guinea. It could be. Guinea. Uh, Guinea, sorry. Yeah. Cool. Yes, because we have, um, we know some people there because of my friend's project to, She's helping these women to uh, develop some, some skills in uh, sweating, sewing, cool. uh, clothes and uh, selling these uh, clothes. And uh, I took part in this project, so I definitely want to go there. And I'm sure that the next two big things that I want to see there is the jungle. Uh, maybe not at night, as we said. <laughs> and with the spiders and the snakes. Exactly, with nice yeah. company, yeah. Uh, experienced company. And the plankton in the, in the water at night definitely you have to see at night because it's uh first of, because of the colors mm. and i want to see i want to go to a safari so this is the the next one both do. african destinations actually yeah at the moment um, yeah any advice that you want to share either from something that you've learned by making mistakes or maybe something that you've been taught from another traveler advice that they gave to you that you want to share follow the instinct trust your instinct not follow just the, in an unconscious way but, but trying to uh, get familiar uh, with your instinct and trusting because uh, because sometimes uh, it, things are easier than uh, than they look uh, you just have to you, you always know the best choice you always know what you really want to do and sometimes we have lots of conditioning let's say lots of um uh, yes structures and whatever you know the dynamics and things that's don't uh, let us do what we want and uh, I'm not saying that you shouldn't be uh, you should not be responsible or whatever but life should be easier and the instinct is still something that even in 2020 works very well mm -hmm. and if we got to this point uh, and we are not like animals and we are <laughs> uh, we got this evolution is because we also fall our and trusted our instincts and I said that to myself as well of course Well, Sonia, thanks very much for coming on. Thank you. It's been really, really fun. A pleasure talking with you. It was a pleasure for me and I'm looking forward to seeing you live. <laughs> In three dimensions. In three dimensions, exactly. Next time. Next time. Thanks for listening to The Nostalgic Vagabond. My guest has been Sonia Cosentino. There are more episodes in this podcast series where you can hear different stories from other travellers. Check them out wherever you get your podcasts. You can also follow me at The Nostalgic V. Thanks to Tom Forfer for creating the soundtrack to the series. Don't forget, your journey is special. Own it. I've been Alan Hill. Until next time.